Thank you for joining me today on the very first Adorno podcast. I'm your host today, Julie Charles, and I wanted to start off by letting you know a little bit about what this is, what the purpose of this is, and to give you a little of the background that made this podcast come into being. I've had a few questions about it, and I hope to answer all those today. First off, I'm just going to give you the really basic cover all the bases answers to the most common questions in who, what, when, where, why form. So the first, who? Who is this for? This is for all women. Sometimes the topic may be geared toward older women, sometimes younger women, sometimes married, single, mature, immature in their faith, or somewhere in between. But rest assured, there will be something for all women who want to grow in their faith and knowledge of God. What? The obvious what is, it is a podcast, but what we are trying to accomplish through the podcast. In short, growth, spiritual growth of all women in the person and work of Christ through the Spirit by studying the Word of God, all of it, including the hard stuff. Some lessons and verses will be directed generally to all Christ followers, sometimes to women specifically, sometimes to married or single, etc., but every podcast will be based on God's Word. If I had to shorten it to a pithy little saying, it would be basic Christian living for women. When. The current plan is to put out an episode twice a month, and if that changes, we'll let you know. Where. Where can you find this? Right now, on the Grace Community Church website, www.gotgrace.info, there will be a link, and you can also get it anywhere you get your podcasts, so Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Why. There is a much longer answer to the why. Hopefully I'll be able to convey that to you, but first, I wanted to give you a little background into how this all came into being. I want to say right off the bat that I'm not alone in this endeavor. These are not just my words, my ideas, or my thoughts that I decided to put out there for everyone, or no one, to listen to. Quite frankly, this is not the most comfortable thing for me to do. I've asked a group of very wise women to come alongside me, so while I may be the one on the other side of the mic, the words and teachings are a group effort. So how exactly did this come into being? Well, it's simply God, as most things are. He directed me to the scripture in Titus. He gave me a conviction that wouldn't let go. He has and is directing and orchestrating how this is coming together. The scripture in Titus I'm referring to is Titus 2, 2 through 5. But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older women are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. As some of you may know, I'm teaching four little women in my home right now, so I guess one could argue that I'm doing what's commanded in that scripture, but I had this conviction about a year ago that hasn't let me go that went something like this. They need to know. It didn't make a whole lot of sense at the time, but he's revealing more. One evening, my husband Brett and I were enjoying some lovely hospitality at the Fuelings, 
And it came out as we were talking about activities for women that I wanted to sit around a table, I think I probably said with food, and talk about Jesus. Now, some of you may roll your eyes and say, what a Christian-y thing to say. Or you can just not relate at all, and I get that. And I'm going to go on a little rabbit trail here, but years ago, I began praying that God would increase my appetite for him, that he would put a longing for him in me, and that it would be authentic, not fake it till you make it. We are worshipers, all of us. We will worship something. He began to reveal to me what a little idol factory I am, and how I was willing to bow down and worship anything but him. My time, my quiet, my organizing, my got-it-together persona, my family, all idols. Since then, he has answered that prayer in ways I couldn't even begin to fathom at the time. All that to say, I had and have a true hunger to know God, the true God, not the one I make up in my own head, and to be honest with myself. And I need brothers and sisters in Christ to come alongside me and challenge, encourage, rebuke, and set me straight. Now that idea of a small group of women talking about Jesus would have checked all those boxes, so to speak. But the discussion, the learning, the encouraging, the rebuking, the setting straight would all be confined to whatever table we gathered around. And that's where the conviction came in. They need to know. We all need to be sitting around that table, so to speak. But that's logistically difficult. So after asking around a bit and finding out in what format most other women receive discussions, messages, and whatnot, such as this, the overwhelming response was podcast. Well, if that didn't strike fear in my heart, it had me asking, why? That was an immediate no for me, and almost immediately, that still small voice spoke to my heart and said, is this about me or you? So here we are. And this will continue as long as he wills. Now, all of that began back in January. Since that time, there has been a struggle. As an aside here, there is very little off-limits with me. You're going to hear about the struggles because that's how I'm real and honest with myself and with you. There's no painted pigs here. So in my experience, every time there's an internal struggle, the flesh is in the way. That was the case here. I just couldn't understand why God would ask me to be part of this. Has he read Ecclesiastes? Such a silly notion since his hand is, was in writing it, but the writer of Ecclesiastes, Solomon, was lamenting that there was nothing new under the sun. He says, What does man gain by all the toil at which he toils under the sun? A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun goes down and hastens to the place where it rises. The wind blows to the south and goes around to the north. Around and around goes the wind, and on its circuit the wind returns. All streams run to the sea, but the sea is not full. To the place where the streams flow, there they flow again. What has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done, and there is nothing new under the sun. Is there a thing of which is said, see, this is new? It has all. It has been already in the ages before us. I always liken that this passage to the lovable character of Eeyore in Winnie the Pooh. But as I read it again and realized that this is how I felt, I also realized that my attitude was more like a toddler's tantrum. I don't need to waste my time or anyone else's to do something that no one is going to appreciate or listen to. Everyone sins. Everyone is going to keep on sin sinning, including me. What could I possibly say that's going to change anyone's view? 
Lots of smarter, wiser people have said it before. I have nothing new to say. My attitude reminded me of when I ask one of my kids to clean her room and she comes back with, well, my sisters are just going to mess it up again anyways, so why do I even need to do it? Thankfully, the Holy Spirit pointed out to me how childish I was being, and I kept reading Ecclesiastes. 9.1 says, Indeed, I took all this to heart and explained it all. The righteous, the wise, and their works are in God's hands. 11.5, Just as you don't know the path of the wind, or how bones develop in the womb of a pregnant woman, so also you don't know the work of God who makes everything. A quote from Spurgeon that I found helpful was, We don't know how sinners are regenerated. We don't know how the Spirit of God works on the human mind and transforms the sinners into a saint. The lesson I took from that was, we don't know what we can say, how we can live, what we can do that the Holy Spirit is going to use to quicken a person's heart towards God. But we know this, we are sinners, redeemed, transformed, and called to God's great purpose. And that purpose is for all believers to know Him and make Him known. We are only asked to be participants in his holy work, to be vessels through which the Holy Spirit can reach others, and to walk obediently in the good work he has placed before us. So to answer the why question, I believe this is a good work that God has placed before me, to walk in in obedience to his glory and my good. I pray someone other than me can be blessed by it, can know God a bit more, but that is Holy Spirit work, not mine. I am to be doing what I'm asked to do and not worrying about the outcome. If I'm going to say yes to what God is doing, then I need to not expect to be privy to any outcomes. Now, I'm not a pastor, theologian, or learned scholar on the topic of the Bible. I am a God-fearing, born-again believer who is on this journey of sanctification with fellow believers. That means I don't have all the answers. I won't get all the words right. But I long to know and I'm willing to learn. And as I said in the beginning, a group of very gracious ladies agreed to this adventure with me. So hopefully they'll be able to right my wrongs, temper my bluntness, and give their ideas, experiences, and knowledge to these episodes. I also hope that you can hear from them at some point, but I want to share this passage with you from 1 Peter 2.5. You yourselves, as living stones, a spiritual house, are being built to be a holy priesthood. God, in his greatness, has perfectly created and understood our human limitations, and as long as we are in these mortal earthly bodies, we see only a reflection as in a mirror, we know in part, meaning we can't fully understand or grasp the fullness of who God is and what he's doing. Thankfully, there is coming a day when we will know fully, but until that day comes, God has given for us vivid word pictures or analogies that help us to know and understand him and what he's doing. This verse is one of those. He's painting a picture of what he's doing using earthly things that we can understand. We can think of God as the master builder and creator. His blueprint is the Bible. The house he is building is his kingdom, his holy temple. That house is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ himself as the chief cornerstone. All believers the world over are the living stones that provide the structure the living stones for the spiritual house, the kingdom of God that is here now and ever increasing by God's power and provision. In him, the whole building, being put together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you are also being built together for God's indwelling in the Spirit. Ephesians 2.21
In the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, covenant, we see that the job of the priest was to worship and serve in the temple of the Lord. In the New Covenant, we are that priesthood, and our worship and service require us to, requires us to be ever-increasing in our knowledge of and ever-longing for the object of our worship and service, God. There is a great emphasis in our day and culture of autonomy, being my own person, deciding my own truth, living my own way. As Frank Sinatra sang, I did it my way. We all like to think that our way is the best way, and that creeps into Christianity as well. But my point here is that we are not our own. We were bought with a price. If we claim Christ, we claim his death, burial, and resurrection with him. We die to my way and are resurrected to his way. We take on his view, his life, as he defines it. In that, we as believers are all united one to another, and because of that, we are to spur each other on to love and good works. Who and whose we are is the answer to the why. If we are each Christ's possession, the priests in the holy temple, we are to be encouraging each other ever up and ever in in our life with him. Another analogy or word picture that is used throughout the Bible is the picture of a table, the Lord's table. Every believer is invited to his table to taste and see that the Lord is good. We are to be feasting on his word, taking it in and letting it nourish us. We are to be eating the bread of life and drinking in the living water. So while we aren't actually around a table, we want to invite you to the table with us to gather around and take in the word of God. Our prayer is that this podcast can be an encouragement for you to be God's women, to live with God's view ever before your eyes to hold up the things of this world against God's standard and choose him. We pray we can be encouraged to look at ourselves honestly and hold ourselves up against the truth of scripture. And if, or rather when, we find that sin that is binding, we have enough courage to boldly take it before the throne and kill it. We pray we, be, we can be women of the word, loving it, taking it in daily, feasting at the Lord's table that he set before us. We also pray that we would be willing vessels of the Spirit to say the words that he gives to teach what is good. Thank you for listening today. If you have any suggestions, comments, or questions, please don't hesitate to email us at adornopodcast at gmail.com. It's all lowercase, no spaces, adorno, A-D-O-R-N-O, podcast at gmail.com. We also very much encourage you, if there is something in this podcast that we say that you are struggling with or that you don't agree with, do not take our word for it. Please take it to the scripture. Search for yourself. If you think that we're in error, please bring it to our attention. We need to be holding each other up against the perfect standard of God and be ever-changing into the character of Christ. Join us at the table next time. 